And I would say the first on the personal side, it's a having to overcome the self-defeating belief that I can't do it. Welcome to another episode of Latinos Who Thrive. If you're listening to our show, you are one of the unique individuals who value the power of learning from other Latinos who are crushing it in their field. Every week, we bring you interviews with movers and shakers who share their story of how they did it and how you can learn to do it also from them. Today, we talk to Nancy Savino, who is the CEO of Savino Comtech. They are an integrated outsourced IT department company who bring you enterprise-level IT managed services, consulting and staff augmentation to small and medium-sized businesses in Katy and the surrounding areas. Their focus is in the legal field, accounting, and private health care, not only assisting them with their IT needs, but also ensuring their technology is secure and compliant with federal regulations. So let's get on with our show. Nancy, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Well, um, I am a first-generation Latina. I am a millennial, and I started my first business at the age of 22 with a three-year-old and a newborn. And now we've sold that business and started a new one. been five years into this journey with the new company. And it is an IT firm that serves as an outsourced internal IT department for small and medium-sized businesses. So tell us some of the services that you provide. So we provide what we call the awesome IT way. It's, it's a single platform that is all-inclusive, provides everything that a company would need as far as their IT support, their maintenance, their monitoring, and the advisory that they need in order to make good business decisions with their technology. I'm somewhat familiar with, with what you're describing and different companies are going to this type of service. Have you guys been able to innovate or come up with some sort of proprietary processes in setting up a platform that companies can access 24-7? Yeah, actually we have. Because of the way that we started this company, it was starting off from scratch, ultimately speaking, where other companies in our field have transitioned their businesses. And it's difficult to do because now you're running into processes and systems for the clientele that you already have. We were able to build our processes and systems around who we wanted to service and what they would need. So we built automations into our service offering that would essentially self-fix a lot of the issues that we would know are commonplace. So you reverse engineered your company based upon the needs that you saw in the marketplace. Yes, absolutely. Who do you service uh, primarily in, in your field? We service companies that need compliance, whether that be regulatory compliance, like federal, or whether that be industry, uh, like the ISOs uh, and that kind of thing. Explain to the listeners what an ISO is. Uh, ISO is a industry regulation that basically looks at your company and how you operate and says that you meet certain standards. And so in order to do that, they put in place recommendations or requirements, let's say, 
that your company has to meet as far as your technology goes in order to meet those standards. A is lot this of the times, necessary for government contracts or who specifically requires that? Yes. So some of them are uh, self basically having that marker uh, as part of your company gives you the repertoire that you need in order to uh, get good business. And then there are some that are for the government, which is CMMC, and the government does require these things to be in place in order for you to work with them. Being a woman, being a millennial, being a Latina sets you apart from other people in your industry. How have you been able to deal with this? And is that a weakness or is that a strength? Good question. <laughs> um, or all the above. <laughs> all of the above. No, no. Um, you know, to be honest, at the very beginning of my career, I used to feel like it was a weakness uh, being the only, typically the only woman or the only Latina or the only millennial in the room. There were comments that were made in regards to being a millennial that everybody talks about. Um, and so I found myself defending who I am and it made me feel like it was a weakness. But the older I got, the more experience that I got, I've realized that it's not a weakness at all and it's a strength. It allows me to have a different perspective and opinion on things that are happening within our industry and that then drives some of the decisions that I make for my company that then set me apart, my company as a whole, from everybody else. What prompted you to start your own company? Does this run in your family? Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs, business owners? Um, yes, uh, ultimately speaking, um, I think for the longest time, my family has sold either food or um, my grandma had a small market in El Salvador that was out of her home. And so I think it is in my blood. As far as I can remember, I was always trying to start a business. I remember in, in middle school, I would sell candy that we would get from Mexico, turn it into a profit, and then just continue to do that. <laughs> Generally speaking, that tends to be a trend that if you start children when they're young and you show them how to make money, it stays with them and you just develop greater skills to continue to scale up into having a thriving business. Now, tell us what were the revenues of your first company the first year? Revenue of the first company first year was $90,000. And tell us what the revenues were of your existing company last year. Uh, we broke seven seven fifty last that, year, 750000 That is a big jump. To what oh, do yes. you attribute it to? Tell us your secrets. To what <laughs> do you attribute such uh, success? That is... A good question. I don't know if there is one thing in particular, but I can tell you that all the interviews I've done is lots of hard work. is is a common <laughs> is a common trait. But a lot of people do hard work. They uh, they will put in easily twelve fifteen hours for an employer, 
but that's not enough. It's like, what else do you need in order to succeed and thrive and being an entrepreneur and having your own business? Not giving up. I think a lot of the times we tend to feel like I can't. Did you ever have the thought, what was I thinking of when I started this company? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, that's, that's a normal, it's a fleeting thought and I let it be fleeting. The way that I, I feel like what has driven me was really just wanting to not just help people, but make a difference. That's one of and the I, six uh, needs that we all pursue, by the way, making a difference. We all want to make right. a difference in this world. Many people die feeling that their life was in vain because they never were given the opportunity or they never created the opportunity for themselves to make a difference. Right. And that is the key It's creating that opportunity and then believing that you can do it. There was plenty of times where I felt like I couldn't because of my background, not just being first generation American, but also coming from a single house, single parent household. And so all of those things, it felt like they were stacked against me. I didn't pursue college because I didn't have the money to. My parents didn't have the money to. So I had no other option but to go into the work the workforce, uh, even through high school. But every step of the way, I continued to tell myself that I could do that. And that if I just learned as much as I could from everyone else around me, then I would be able to have the tools that I need to get this done. Did you start working in IT when you were working at a company? Not off the bat. So uh, I started working at 15 and that was a a party store. It was my first job. But out of high school, there was an opportunity for my husband and myself to uh, intern in, in an IT company. And that's where we started. How were you able to identify the particular niche that you guys dominate? So just taking a look at the, the, companies that we were working with and then looking at the market itself and seeing what weren't other companies, IT companies in particular doing. Because of the experience that we had in that internship as well, we were able to see how a business was being run and what was the the successful factors to what they were doing as well as what were some of the drawbacks. And we soaked all of that in, and that's kind of where we decided that we needed to start our own business, taking the lessons that we learned through experience, putting to from ourselves, like just wanting to be different than what was already out there. Okay. So you identified a particular need in the marketplace and tell us who specifically makes up the core of your business. So of our business, 85% of the businesses we serve are women-owned businesses. Is that only in Houston or throughout the nation? Throughout the nation. Okay. Why were you able to dominate uh, this particular niche in the marketplace? Uh, You know, being a a woman owner myself and realizing that there was a disconnect with how... IT people tend to speak (laughs) 
Um, I do have seen it uh, firsthand <laughs> to where IT people tell a woman business owner with the attitude of, don't you worry yourself, little lady. It's like, we got this covered. And yeah. then they go on into speaking uh, IT talk, which again, the business owner doesn't understand and doesn't care to understand what they're talking about. Right, exactly. And the way that I saw it was if a surgeon came up to me and started telling me uh, all the verbiage that goes along with surgery, I would look at him like he's nuts. So that's essentially how I I saw what was happening and realized that we can't go about it in that way. You know, um, another thing that I remember firsthand from experience is having to translate not only what was being uh, communicated, but communicating the different options and why something that was inexpensive was not necessarily the best way to go and why some going the most expensive was not necessarily better, but there was too many variables to decide and that needed to be a, a committee meeting that needed to happen between uh, several key people within the company. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the other aspect to it is being able to not just translate the language itself, but then also the, the language of business. So being able to translate, how does your IT directly affect your business and how will it impact where you're trying to go? What is the cost gonna be but not just that, but what is that cost going to turn into in the sense of the return on that investment? That's correct. In trying to secure a vendor for IT services, I had to go through about five different companies. And I was flabbergasted by how they didn't provide the information I needed and how they didn't seem to understand our business model and they wanted to push their own packages that didn't necessarily meet our needs. And so I can totally understand how if you can create a custom process or a suite of products that companies can choose from and then customize it to their own particular needs, how that would be a, a winning business model. Well, I, I certainly think so. <laughs> so tell us a couple of challenges that you've been able to overcome successfully and what that taught you. Oof. Um, I don't like talking about challenges, <laughs> but it's real, right? Um, we That's all when have the business them. gets real, okay? Yeah, that, that is. And, and we all have them, so I'm not alone. Some of the challenges that we were able to come through was several different ones. And I would say that they they kind of fall in line with personal challenges as well as then business challenges. And I would say the first on the personal side, it's a having to overcome the self-defeating belief that I can't do it. And sometimes that even turned into I don't deserve to. And the reason why I would go to office building and um, walk into a conference room and, you know, on my way up there, there was a, a maintenance lady and she looks like my tia, you know, and it was like, that is supposed to be 
is known of us, I guess. And having to overcome that was one of my personal challenges. You are listening to Nancy Savino from Savino Comtech. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by ETC, Escalante Training and Consulting. Do you need more sales and greater productivity? For more than two decades, Victor Escalante has been training executives and companies in cultural communications, team building processes, sales competency, emotional intelligence, and project management. Find out how ETC is ready to help you by visiting their website at victorescalante.com. We now return to Nancy Sabino with Sabino Comtech. Let me ask you um, this. You bring up a very good point, and I've seen it firsthand. Maybe I've identified with uh, with that throughout my lifetime, unconsciously, but in general, immigrant children are first generation, second generation, not so much in second generation of immigrant children. They have an inferiority complex. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And so what helped you to overcome that superiority complex of being a second-class citizen or being a, a blue-collar janitorial person as opposed to being a business owner? What, what helped you? Did you read books? Did you have mentors? Did you take trainings? What, what did you do? What really got me over the edge was actually a coach. I knew that in order for my business to get to where I wanted it to be, that self-defeating or inferior complex was essentially being what was stopping me. It was the the self-proclaimed failure, right? So it was already accepting that I couldn't uh, get beyond where I wanted to be. And so I knew I needed help in that area. And so I hired a coach that was able to help me not just get to the point of realizing that regardless of where I've come from and regardless of who my parents are and where they come from, I still have a brain <laughs> that works very well. And I am capable, if not more so because of where I've come from and the tools that I've learned along the way, not just for survival, but also being creative in solving problems and needing to adjust things depending on what was happening, being, I can't even think of the words now. Well, I happen to be in the coaching business, so, so let me see if, uh, if this resonates with you. Okay. The person starts out having limiting beliefs based upon personal experience, the environment that they grew up in, like you mentioned, coming from a single parent uh, home. Mm -hmm. So the person is going to be deficient in having enough mental experiences that they can draw from on overcoming adversity. The different kind of adversity as opposed to trying to survive and pay bills of surviving setbacks and overcoming them and then feeling great about uh, overcoming setbacks so that you catapult yourself and you scale up to the next challenge and you just keep going. So you develop the mentality that struggle is the path 
and that if you have it too easy, then you get too comfortable and you're not innovating. You are not scaling up. You're not chasing the next big contract that can be yours is simply for the taking. And the only thing that is holding you back is your own belief system, your own real imaginary fears that you bought into. Because once you want it bad enough, if you don't have the talent, the necessary talent, you will find it or hire it. If you don't have the resources, you will take on a partner, you will take out a loan, you will do whatever you need to do, do joint ventures or whatever it takes to get the job done. You're going to do it once you make that decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And the struggle that a lot of people don't understand is that this is not just a one, two Z, one or two Z process. This is a long-term process that you have to identify and challenge yourself to, to keep moving forward and to stretch yourself because once the mind is stretched, it will never return to its original site. That's right. And I think you can identify with that as to why now you're on a trajectory to keep scaling up. And there really is no end to where you can go and what you can do because now the world is a global marketplace to where you can create satellite stations throughout the world, as one of my clients did, to be able to be working 24-7 from around the world in order to create IT solutions. That's right. Let me Ooh. ask you, do you outsource <laughs> any of your work to Latin America? Because there really is a lot of talent in Latin America that with the new IT economy, so many things are possible that were not possible in the past. That's true. We don't at the moment. We hire, uh, we try and have employees here for now, but I, it is something that I've thought of and I would probably say that that is in our future, just not now. I understand. So tell us some of the awards or accolades you've been able to gain in your in your industry. Well, within the first three years that we were in business, we made it onto a global top 501 uh, managed service providers in the world. That's amazing. Um, it was, and it was great because we barely made it. <laughs> we were the 501st company on that list, and I was still so excited to even be like? on there. What did you feel? Oh, my goodness. It was just beyond belief. You know, I don't know if you've seen a meme or whatever of like this these little kids that have, they're on that different platform, and they have the first place, second place, and third place winner. And the first place winner, he looks kind of sad. And then the first, the, the last place winner, the third place, he, he looks so happy to be up there. And that's exactly how we felt was we are so grateful to just be on this list and to have made it in general, especially within three years of starting this business. So for us, it was like huge. It was a moment where we felt like we were on the right path and we need to keep, we need to keep going because now it's just a matter of climbing that list. Exactly. Just scaling up. It's like that. It didn't matter where you were, just that you were there. Exactly. And then the next year we made it to the 41st place. Wow. So 
It was in a huge year, jump. In one, in one year, year, you took a big leap. To what yes. do you attribute that to? Our business model and just making sure that we were focused on on our goals and that we were focusing within the business in order to provide the value that we had promised. And with that came came growth. So yeah, that's I would say that that was what attributed to that. Let me ask you another question. With growth comes even bigger challenges. How were you challenged from the fast growth? Well, challenges that we are facing is is talent. So having to hire while you're while you're needing the the hands uh, is, is some of the hardest things to do because you want to make sure that you hire the right people that you're not feeling pressured to hire just anybody because you are so busy and because you're needing the help right away. So that is one of the biggest challenges. And that's not to say that we don't start looking even before we need to hire. It's it's sometimes just that difficult to find the right person. Has the pandemic made it even more difficult to find the right fit in as far as talent? Yes and no. Yes, uh, because it it just makes it a lot harder to interview someone where we were used to interviewing face to face. Now it has to be through video. And to me that, and I may be old school here, but it, it just doesn't have the same feeling. I'm a very empathic person. And so, so you people. <laughs> I do. And that is very difficult to do over a screen, at least for me. And so then it leaves it up to the logical decisions and because of the person that I am, I guess that's just harder for me to do. <laughs> I can appreciate that. That is a challenge with some industries that requires you to get a good feeling for the candidate that you want to hire for the key position. Other positions, you can have turnover, but for a key position, that's a big challenge. Exactly. All right. So, Nancy... What would someone listening to you be able to gain as far as useful advice of what they need to consider if they want to start their own business? Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're reselling candy. It doesn't matter whether it's IT company reselling used clothing. It's like, what advice would you give them based upon your experience? I would tell them that if you start off with the thought that you can't, know that you can and the reason why you can is just because of who you are in general it's what you want so in order to actually do that you have to find the resources that will get you to the point where you are confident enough to launch but launch don't in your just experience, yeah in your experience you went the route of working in the industry getting experience firsthand so that you could understand the business and understand the needs of the marketplace to be able to launch your own business. So that was a very good move for you to actually work in the business before you start your business. Yes. What other yes. advice would you give someone? You gotta believe, what else? Um, rely on people. That's one thing that I think many, especially uh, first generation Americans feel like well, we got to do this on our own. 
and that is not the case. I have a younger brother who is in school now, and I tell him the exact same thing. I didn't do it on my own. I didn't get here on my own, and neither should you. There are people that will help in all sorts of ways, whether they are mentors, coaches that you pay for, whether it's your boss that you can learn from immediately, whether it's school programs, education comes from everywhere, books and so many places, uh, podcasts even. So education comes from everywhere. Soak in as much as you can and take Take what you want, leave what you don't, but make sure that you're relying on other people as well. That's a very good piece of advice. Information is free for the taking with the internet. There are so many channels of information that you can now access that is totally free. You just have to want it and you just have to go get it. Exactly. I heard a, you remind me of a good quote that I read the other day that anything can be done better with friendship rather than money. And I thought about it, and it's true. It's whatever you can do with money, you can do it better with friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I truly believe good, that. So good to surround yourself with good friends that can point you in the right direction. What else? The other advice, and it's something that I'm I'm following myself right now. I'm so sorry about that. Everybody um, wants you today. Yeah. <laughs> The advice that I'm following now is is put yourself in circles where you want to be. So what I mean by that is I am wanting to scale this business to 5 million within the next five years. And so I have purposefully looked for individuals that are running companies that are 5 million. And I'm asking them to lunch and being able to to just conversate with them and ask them what are their challenges and how did they get there, things like that make the a world of a difference for you to be prepared as to where you're going to go next. So, and maybe it goes along with the the one previous to that, but purposefully seek people that are where you want to be. How has that worked out for you? Because that's a very good piece of advice is to surround yourself and if you have to cover lunch for someone that you can model that's a bargain so how has that worked out for you it's been fantastic it's surprising sometimes how willing people are to go to lunch and to tell you their challenges and what they've learned it is quite amazing to to know that all it takes is just asking and that they will willingly help you in so that you can get to where they they are. That's true because highly successful people are very generous with their knowledge if they see that the person is committed to applying themselves and using that information. Absolutely. So what else uh, would you advise uh, someone that's listening to us as far as what they need to do, absolutely need to do to succeed and thrive? Well, you have to do things. Uh, you have to go for it. I, there's many times where we've been afraid to take a step. And my my husband likes to put it in a in a way where it's a, it's a cautious leap. 
I would just leap and he cautiously puts bumpers in place. <laughs> You're the kind of person that builds a parachute on the way down, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, he and would he's build the kind of person that is a project manager that needs to understand all of the different variables <laughs> and, and do downside planning. Yes, he, he that would regard, definitely build you some stairs. You guys uh, balance <laughs> each other to have a winning business uh, model. Yes. So maybe therein lies some other advice is, you know, have someone that balances you out, that will tell you things like it is, and that will have your back even when you, even when you don't want them to. <laughs> Every great success is surrounded by the right mix of people. I heard a quote uh, recently that Jeff Bezos, perhaps the richest man in the world now, mm -hmm. His criteria for hiring the first 100 uh, managers was, could he envision himself calling them boss? It's like, did they have the leadership qualities? Did they have the work ethic? Did they have the honesty? Did they have all the other business acumen for him to call them boss? And the rest is history. Yep. Successful people own their business. Whether it's a job, they own it and they run it as though it was a business as opposed to just working for a paycheck. Oh, that that is so true. And that's funny, funny story is I, the first job that I was telling you about, I started working at 15 at a party store. And just recently, I was working on a project for a client. And this person was included in an email and what I ended up realizing was that that person who is the uh, building the property manager of the building where my client is was my first boss <laughs> that's amazing and uh, we went to lunch just recently apparently I like I love lunch <laughs> we went to lunch recently and uh, one of the things that he told me was that even back then I owned the position that I had. And that was something that I feel like I kept with me at every position that I had. It was truly my own. I took ownership of it. And I mean, I was, whether I was scrubbing toilets or whatever, but I found the best way to scrub toilets. And I apply that to obviously what I'm doing now. And I would attribute that to developing my work ethic, developing my uh, my ability to see details in certain things, and how I hire also relies on that. Uh, will you take ownership of your position and make it make it your own and do the best that you can at it and learn while you're there? A very good advice. Why would you turn down certain candidates? What do you pick up about them that they are just a bad fit for you and that for all intent and purposes they're going to be a bad fit anywhere they go what are the things that just stand out to you as being uh, a deal breaker um attitude would be one of the deal breakers how you present yourself not just your clothes but how you look at someone the words that you say how you say them all of those are, are factors into seeing somebody's character and 
attitude. So if you have an attitude of, of arrogance, then that may come off wrong. That may come off as too much. And if you have an attitude of, well, I, you know, I don't care, then that's not enough. <laughs> so it is, there is this, this, I guess, moment or place where it's in between, where you have to show that you care, not just about the position that you are going for, but what the business is doing and who you're going to service. And that comes across with how you speak and how you present yourself. Tell us about other traits that you look for that you want to harm on the spot, if not make an offer on the spot. Um, that's a good question. I, I would say if you are incredibly prepared in the sense of you are, if you could start today, you would jump right in and you would want to learn as much as you can. And at the same time, you wouldn't be at a place where learning would be bad in the sense of, you know, feeling like you know it all already. We don't want to start there. So those were, those would be some of the things that would call me to somebody and, and say, okay, let's, let's go for it. Tell so us what it, stands out in your mind about one of your superstar employees that they just continue to outperform and, and continue to exceed your expectations. It's like, what do they have that other people don't? Oh, they have a, Again, it goes back to the presentation. One of the things that uh, really gets me is when my employees say they, they've come up with this thing of what's called SET for life. Uh, SET being the initials of our company, Sabino Comp Tech. And that told me that they are as invested in this as I am and that they're that they believe that the company's success is their success as well. I call and it so, wearing the company's underwear. It's like you yeah. are so committed <laughs> to the company, to the philosophy, to the way of doing business that, that you would even brand your own your own underwear that, that yes. has the company logo. Yes, exactly. And and that's what makes uh, my team, the superstars within my team, superstars, it is that they have drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, and they, they believe in what we are doing. And because of that, they'll go above and beyond and they will do whatever they can in order to make sure that our values are are actually shown and that when they are dealing with a client, whether it be a good situation or a bad situation, that they are, that they are communicating in a way that speaks our values. Nancy, talk directly to any Latinas that are going to be listening to our interview about what you want to say to them, to inspire them, to following your footsteps, in terms of creating their own company or creating their own uh, lifestyle that leads to the fulfillment of their dreams? What would you say to them? I would say 
if there's any negative talk in your head, stop that tape and play another because it's possible. My background is very similar to many people and I'm not so different in the sense that others can't do what I did. And it's not just possible, but necessary because the world needs other other perspectives like ours out there. And if we are hiding, that is not helpful to anybody. Well, Nancy, I really appreciate uh, the time that you took uh, to do this interview. I know you're extremely busy and we'll be following your future success as we see you scale up to that 5 million a year in revenues. Lots of good wishes for your future successes. Thank you so much. 